All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey, sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth, please, so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. What's that? This is a refreshing mint tea on ice. I drink it daily because studies show that it can help reduce elevated testosterone and as a result help me manage PCOS symptoms like acne, mood, hair loss. My other favorite flavor is their electric turmeric, which helps with immunity while providing anti-inflammatory support. Great for PCOS. It's also blended with ginger, which is great for digestion, and cinnamon to help support healthy blood sugar and combat cravings. But... I don't see a tea bag in it. That's right. Peak delivers concentrated antioxidants and plant nutrients that are extracted with cold brew crystallization, so I don't need a tea bag. I can easily just pour it into hot or cold water. There's no prep or brewing necessary. And for something I plan to consume every day, I want to ensure that it's pure too. Studies show that those other fancy tea bags leak billions of microplastics into your tea. Peak has been triple toxin screened for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold. They make it super accessible to get effective and pure tea. Wow, that's amazing. Let me try some. Sure. Head over to peaktea.com forward slash sister spelled P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A and use our code the sisterhood, one word, to get 5% off your first order. Welcome to A Sister and Her Mister, a podcast where we show you the real behind the scenes of how we balance the PCOS lifestyle in our marriage, gluten and dairy free. I'm Talin, your fellow sister and registered dietitian. And I'm Sirak, husband, engineer, and PCOS personal trainer. We're going to make PCOS a little less overwhelming and a lot more fun. Welcome, sisters, to another episode of the podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, and he is the founder of Ovacetol, Dr. Mark Ratner. He is a physician, urologist, and works with one of the largest fertility practices in the United States. He is a founding physician of Theralogics and Ovacetol and serves as the chief science officer of the company. Thank you, Mark Ratner, for joining us today. My pleasure. 
There are so many sisters listening right now who are taking Ovacetol and they are loving it. We always hear such wonderful reviews. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of the women with PCOS who love Ovacetol. That You're has very well them welcome. Get yeah. our periods back and regulate so many PCOS symptoms. Great to hear. Yeah, right. I mean, one of them being you, Talia, yes. you were taking Ovastol with your, uh, when you were first diagnosed with PCOS and stuff. Yeah, it took me a while to come across it, which was interesting. Someone had to show it to me. A doctor didn't actually tell me about it. And my friend showed me because she had PCOS too. And it was so life-changing. And I actually, I can't believe that it's not one of the first things that doctors recommend when we get diagnosed with PCOS, which launches into my first question. Why do you feel like doctors aren't recommending inositol or ovacetol, um, you know, when people are, when sisters are first diagnosed with PCOS? So the, the story behind um, inositols and the potential benefit in PCOS women um, it's a really interesting one, and it starts um, like a little bit more than 20 years ago, and it actually starts in the United States. Um, there was a company in Virginia um, that tried to produce a pharmaceutical, a drug, uh, which was D-chiro-inositol. It was basically just D-chiro-inositol, mm. and they published a study, I think it was 1999, in the New England Journal of Medicine using D-chiro-inositol for women with PCOS. Um, but they used a relatively low dose. Um, to make a long story short, uh, that company uh, then tried to develop the product by using higher and higher doses. And what they discovered was that if you give women with PCOS high doses of D-chiro-inositol, it does no good. And in fact, it's harmful. And so they lost interest in it. And for a number of years, it went nowhere. But then in Italy and other parts of Europe, scientists began to look at other forms of inositol, particularly myo-inositol. And it was really the Europeans who then kind of took the ball and, and ran with it, so to speak, okay? All of the basic science, all of the clinical studies that were published over the last 15 years were in European journals. And there's a certain attitude, I don't want to speak ill of my fellow physicians here in the States, but there's a certain attitude, which some people jokingly will call NIH syndrome, which means not invented here. Okay. Oh, so, my uh, gosh. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it's a facetious yeah. uh, joke, but I mean, the point is that, um, Docs in the United States, they don't necessarily read the journals that get published in Europe. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so about four or five years, no, maybe five or six years ago, um, we were following the literature in Europe and we realized that there was uh, a tremendous amount of evidence piling up about the benefits of using myoinositol and dechiroinositol together. Mm -hmm. um, for PCOS, not only for fertility, restoring ovulation and improving fertility, but also for dealing with all of the metabolic issues that women with PCOS have. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we produced this product. We created Ovacetol, okay, maybe six years ago now, 
And then we really had a job to do because as you just pointed out, the doctors that we were speaking to, we would go to fertility conferences. Uh, we have a sales force that calls on doctor's offices around the country. And we would get a lot of blank looks. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the answer to your question is, it's been a very slow process for us to educate physicians in the United States about the science and about what the studies show. Um, and in fact, a couple of years after, maybe a year after we launched the product, uh, we were put in touch with one of the premier PCOS researchers here in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had a long phone call with this guy, this doctor, professor, fertility professor, mm. who's, who's published some of the biggest PCOS studies in the United States. What's his name? Uh, well, or, it's, okay. it's, 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 his name is Rick Legro, Dr. Richard Legro. He's at Penn State Hershey. Oh, okay, because you, you mentioned he's a big uh, researcher in PCOS. I've just never heard of any researchers in PCOS. I was curious to know who he was. Oh, yeah, no, no. Rick, Rick Legro, amongst reproductive endocrinologists, Dr. Legro is uh, widely known and very widely respected. Okay. And so he and I had this conversation. I shared a lot of the published literature from Europe with him. I was wondering whether he would be interested in trying to do a clinical trial here in the United States. Because we were thinking maybe if we could do a trial here in the United States, get it published in a U.S. journal, U.S. doctors would sit up and take notice. Yeah. Um, and his first reaction was, I'm uh, not really familiar with, with any of this. And, you know, I, he, he had kind of uh, sort of bigger fish to fry, as they say. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but we kept talking. And to his credit, um, he really immersed himself in the European literature. And ultimately, we decided, okay, he decided and asked for our help. I'm going to try and get a funding grant. I'm going to try and get a research grant from the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, hmm. to study inositols in PCOS. And it took us, uh, took him two years of work. And we helped with, you know, designing the study. We helped with, uh, we're producing the intervention, the, the inositol product that is being used. We're producing that along with placebo. Mm -hmm. uh, and that study is now underway at Penn State Hershey, wow. fund, funded by uh, the U.S. National Institutes of Health. That's so, amazing. yeah, we're making a lot of progress. Um, more and more uh, docs in the United States um, are uh, becoming familiar with inositols. Um, and there's, I think, an increasing interest in sort of taking a multidisciplinary approach. One of the problems, and I, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, one of the problems that PCOS patients face is they fall through the cracks, okay? Uh, the reproductive endocrinologists, you know, the doctors that run the IVF programs, their focus is fertility. Their focus is getting you pregnant. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if it's a high school, Girl, if it's you know, it's a young woman mm -hmm. in high school or a college student, she maybe not even remotely thinking about getting pregnant. She just wants to deal with all the other effects of PCOS. Yeah. And so, not every fertility practice um, is sort of equipped and that interested even in focusing on helping those individuals. It's not an easy um, area to work in. I mean, it needs a multidisciplinary approach. You yeah. need 
you need an endocrinologist, you know, a reproductive endocrinologist, you need a dietitian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you might need people doing aesthetics, stuff like uh, hair removal, uh, dermatology. I mean, you know, you might need a multidisciplinary approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we're starting to see that happen in some fertility programs around the country. Um, and we're starting to see it a little bit in some just sort of OBGYN practices, you know, sort of just standard OBGYN practices. Um, but it's still, I think, largely an unmet need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super important. I completely agree that having a multidisciplinary approach will help treat PCOS more effectively. And, you know, women with PCOS do fall through the cracks, oftentimes going misdiagnosed or simply ignored and given birth control until they decide to have babies. So, yeah, there aren't enough, you know, treatment people treating PCOS in an interdisciplinary way, but I'm happy to hear that it's improving at least, you know, Mm -hmm. and with social media too, people can just hop on Instagram and find us or whoever to help them manage PCOS naturally. Yeah, sure. In like, in addition to going to the doctor's office. Yeah. And then, uh, could you explain what inositol is and why it's important the the ratio of the 40 to one Mayo and D-Cairo inositol? Okay, I'll, I'm going to get started on that, but uh, you're going to have to jump in and just say, okay, stop, 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 okay? because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to quickly run out of time. So inositols yeah. are what we call sugar alcohols. It's in the same family as sort of uh, xylitol, mannitol, sorbitol. Um, there's actually nine different inositols. They are what we call stereoisomers. They all have a slightly different configuration of the molecular bonds uh, that hold the molecule together. Mm-hmm. Two of those nine, myo-inositol and decairo-inositol, are very important in our body's insulin functioning. Mm-hmm. They serve as what we call the second messengers for the insulin hormone. So the pancreas releases insulin when the sugar level in the blood goes up after a meal, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when insulin binds to the surface of the cell, as it binds, the receptor that it binds to has to release what we call second messengers into the cell that tells the cell what to do, mm-hmm. okay? And it turns out that those second messengers are myo-inositol and decairo-inositol. So those two compounds are very important for the, f- for the normal functioning of insulin in our body. Insulin is what allows our cells to take the sugar up from the bloodstream, right? Uh, and process it, burn it for energy, or maybe sometimes even store it as glycogen for later use. Uh, if you can't take in the sugar, if your cells can't take in the sugar, the bl- the sugar level in your blood goes up and up and up and up. Okay. Uh, we call that hyperglycemia. Okay. Now, when the problem is insulin resistance, what's going on is that the second messengers are not being released properly. And as a result, you can't take the sugar in. So the sugar builds up in the blood and the pancreas which is what's making the insulin. The pancreas sees all that extra sugar in the blood and says, oh, we need more insulin. So the pancreas then releases extra insulin into the blood because the insulin is not working like it's supposed to. The second messengers are not being released. As a result, patients who have insulin resistance 
they have elevated blood sugar and they also have elevated blood insulin. Mm -hmm. So this is what happens in insulin resistance. It's also what happens in type two diabetes and PCOS and gestational diabetes, you know, women who get uh, diabetes late in their pregnancy. Um, all of those things have as the underlying cause what we call insulin resistance, meaning there's plenty of insulin. It just doesn't work right because those second messengers are not being released properly. Yeah. And so when we say they're not being released properly, what it really boils down to is the ratio between myo and dechiro inositol. The body's normal ratio is 40 to one, 40, 40 myo and one dechiro. So much more myo than dechiro, right? And in, sorry. It's okay. My dog. It's okay. Um, the, guest, guest, the second guest on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, The, the joys of the pandemic, right? Working oh, from home. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> okay, he, he could he could start again too. Anyway. Um, anyway. Okay, so the point is, what happens in insulin resistance and in PCOS is that the ratio gets out of whack. Okay, and our goal in supplementing ovacetol, let's say, is to restore that 40 to one ratio, mm -hmm. which allows insulin sensitivity to improve, which means insulin resistance decreases. Okay. Yeah, that was great. I love that explanation because a lot of times we explain to the woman with PCOS that the reason ovacetol is such a great option, it has a 40 to one ratio, but the way you explain it there is like a better scientific yeah. overarching <laughs> explanation. Because yeah. I know a lot of women with PCOS are asking, should I just take, can I just take inositol instead of ovacetol? And we always say that ovacetol has the 40 to one ratio that mimics the ratio in your body and works yeah. more effectively. Yeah. That's exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad we were correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what effect does ovacetol have on helping with pregnancy and the risk of gestational diabetes for women with PCOS? So, This is a great question. Uh, the point here is that um, some women might think, oh, well, if I'm trying to get pregnant and I take ovacetol and it restores my ovulation and I get pregnant, I can stop taking ovacetol. Mm -hmm. But the point is that women with PCOS have triple the risk of gestational diabetes. And it's been shown that if you stay on an insulin resistance Um, uh, approach either with metformin, which is a little bit riskier, uh, mm -hmm. or ovacetol, uh, you reduce your risk of gestational diabetes by about 50%. Cuts it in half. So it's, uh, it's a good thing to do. Stay yeah. on it during Stay the pregnancy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So many women with PCOS aren't looking to get pregnant and they are looking for something to help them with getting their periods back, um, regulating cravings, um, all of the wonderful things that, that Ovastol has done for me and many sisters. Mm -hmm. Could you explain the mechanism behind that, behind how it helps with cravings and how it helps with our periods? Well, it's two separate things. Um, restoring ovulation, restoring your periods, making them more regular, um, that has to do with uh, balancing out the estrogen and progesterone and testosterone in your system. The other thing that we know is that inositol actually acts as the um, second messenger for FSH, 
follicle-stimulating hormone, which is what helps the ovary to produce an egg. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically normalizing your hormone levels by reducing the insulin resistance. Okay, the cravings I can't speak to. I, I you know I don't have an answer. Um, we do know that under certain circumstances, um, inositols uh, can reduce anxiety. Um, there's some studies that show it can benefit women uh, or anybody with depression, uh, but those typically have much higher doses, you know, like 16, 18 grams per day. Um, but we know that it actually can work in the brain as well. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I don't think I, I've got a good explanation for why that does happen. Yeah. I think I'm thinking that it's because of treating the insulin resistance, like the less insulin floating around in your bloodstream, the less cravings you have for I think food. That's, that's certainly a good, a good possibility for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Before we launch into the questions that women with PCOS asked me on Instagram to ask you, I'm mm -hmm. wondering, hypothetically speaking, if Sirak accidentally drank Ovacetol, what would happen? This happens like every other day. She's drinking it. It's clear. Sometimes it's like, it's like barely tasteable. So I, I end up drinking like half the cup. Is this okay? <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Yeah. All right. I mean, we, we get, this isn't something, this isn't some foreign substance. Uh -huh. uh, the Amer the average U.S. diet contains about a thousand milligrams of inositol per day. Oh. It's mostly in, in fruits and vegetables. Mm. So um, we're getting some inositols in our diet. Um, no worries there. Okay. okay. That's good to know. <laughs> so I picked up a few questions on Instagram from our ladies with PCOS, and they are asking... Why was it decided to make Ovacetol a powder, not a pill? Well, uh, convenience is the primary issue. Um, to get four grams per day into pill form, um, you'd be talking about capsules that would be very large. Mm. Um, and you'd probably need about between six and eight capsules per day. Wow. Oh, my. And and so you'd need to take three or four in the morning and three or four in the evening. And you absolutely have to drink a good eight ounces of water to get that many capsules down. Okay. So it, it doesn't really make a difference in terms of absorption or anything like that. It was really more a convenience issue um, in terms of uh, people just, you know, pick your poison. Do you like to take a handful of pills <laughs> morning and evening right. or just take a packet as you, as you pointed out, it's totally clear, colorless, you know, odorless, tasteless. A um, little bit sweet. A <laughs> little bit of sweetness. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a sugar alcohol. Um, well, you know, a packet has like two calories. I mean, it's, you know, really it's nothing, you know, nothing minimal yeah. caloric content. So that's why. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I would not be very drawn towards a supplement that I have to take eight times a day. Versus well, just not, pouring not, it not into water. Times, twice, twice a day, but, you know, four eight pills. pills. Eight pills, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, twice a day, four pills each time. Yeah, right. yeah. No, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. Okay, great idea with <laughs> the powder. <laughs> Is it still helpful to women with PCOS who don't have insulin resistance? It's a good question. The answer is... We don't know. Um, and the reason I say that is because in certain settings, it appears to be like IVF. Okay. We know that inositol supplementation 
even in non-PCOS women, improves egg quality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, in order to do a study where you look at the most important endpoint in fertility, and what's the most important endpoint? Pregnancy, live birth, right? Mm-hmm. In order to do a study that would use those endpoints, it's got to be a gigantic study. You've got to enroll hundreds and hundreds of, of couples. Okay. And that kind of a study is going to cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is why it has to be funded by something like the NIH. And so the point is um, that the studies that have been done in non PCOS women with inositols, they tend to be in a model like an IVF setting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will it help in a natural conception setting? No one's ever studied that. But we do know that in an IVF setting where they actually extract the eggs and they look at the eggs under a microscope and they can see the quality of the eggs. Are they, mm-hmm. you know, are they high quality eggs, low quality eggs? They look under the microscope and they can grade the eggs in an IVF cycle. Um, they know that uh, inositol use improves egg quality, um, yeah. and uh, even given, in non-PCOS. Given huh. that women with PCOS struggle to ovulate, and have um, healthy egg quality in general, you know, whether you're insulin resistant or not, most women with PCOS aren't ovulating, I would deduce that taking Ovastol can improve your ovulation and in turn periods. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is it okay to take with birth control for women who we should also, yeah, we should also add metformin because yeah, no, those are the two most yeah. common uh, questions we get to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, in, in terms of insulin resistance, birth control pills do do not improve that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that happens with PCOS women is that the excess insulin, when you're insulin resistant and the amount of insulin in your blood is chronically too high, okay, all that excess insulin makes the ovary produce testosterone. And, you know, testosterone is male hormone, right? Okay. Now, women have mostly estrogen and a little bit of testosterone. Men, it's the opposite. They have mostly testosterone, but they have a little bit of estrogen as well. But in women, if the testosterone level gets pushed up too high, which is what happens in PCOS, and you get all of those metabolic type of, uh, you know, uh, skin issues and hair issues, those things, mm-hmm. um, you know, the birth control pills can help with the testosterone issue. Okay. But it won't help with the underlying insulin resistance. Um, and so things like those cravings you were talking about, uh, or, uh, possibly, um, uh, weight and obviously, you know, for fertility, it's, it's not, um, possible to get pregnant when you're, trying to right. control your PCOS with birth control pills. So, Right. And what about metformin? Because we've read that inositol can work just as effectively as metformin studies have shown. Yes. So can, can ovastol be taken with metformin? And also like, can we speak upon some sisters who have actually swapped over to ovastol from metformin because of the side effects of metformin? Yeah. So uh, great question. We have a number of studies that have looked at metformin and inositols head-to-head in terms of metabolic 
um, outcomes. Uh, a, hand, a handful of studies that have also looked at uh, fertility in an IVF setting, okay? Um, and they appear to be uh, just as good as one another, okay? Uh, the main difference between the two, when you look at these studies, is that the uh, adverse events, the side effects from metformin are five times higher, literally five times higher. Um, now, metformin is not a bad drug. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to bad mouth metformin. There's actually some evidence about metformin uh, being a longevity drug. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. actually a couple of big studies that are ongoing right now uh, because it has to do with sirtuins and uh, sort of extending the lifespan of cells that would otherwise die. Um, and so metformin, except for its tolerability issue, um, not a bad drug. Um, it's just that in the PCOS setting, it appears as if uh, inositols, a 40 to one ratio like ovacetol is as good uh, in terms of restoring insulin sensitivity and in terms of uh, uh, restoring ovulation uh, and reducing testosterone. Um, so uh, can you take the two together? Yeah, you can. It's probably not gonna help you much. There's are a couple of studies uh, one recently published that looked at um, inositol alone versus inositol plus metformin. You know, combine the two, we just do inositol alone. No real difference. Oh, wow. Wow. No real difference. Yeah. So. One last question. Can sure. we take or should we take ovastol for more than three months? Because I know it comes in a three-month supply. Yeah. So the, the answer to that question is... Um, not, not really. It depends, but the answer really is this: Why do we give it a, a put it in a three month supply? Because most of the studies show um, that a three month course of inositol supplementation uh, is probably the minimum reasonable trial to restore ovulation. Mm. You can't take it for a month and say, "Ah, oh, still haven't gotten my period. This isn't working." Most of the studies say give it three months. In terms of the metabolic issues, in terms of the um, uh, uh, hormone issues like testosterone issues uh, and insulin resistance, you may need to see uh, six months before, it may need to try it for six months before you start to see uh, skin and hair issues starting to respond uh, fully. So that's why we did three months. You know, you'll if you go on Amazon, it's really kind of, uh, I guess it's, Sad, but not surprising. Um, if you go on Amazon, the, the, the biggest selling inositol product, um, I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, it costs like, you know, $24.95. Yeah. But if you really read the fine print, what they're selling you is a 15-day supply. Well, I know. Oh, wow. You're still yeah. right. Okay, of, of what's essentially, if they say, take 2,000 a day. Now, the studies all basically show you need 4,000 a day. Mm. Okay. But um, there, there are products that are being sold on Amazon where they say, okay, our dose is 2,000 a day, and this is a 30-day supply. But in reality, it's a 15-day supply if you yeah. take 4,000, and it's 24.95. So if you really want to try it for three months to give it a fair chance to work, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Not, yeah. Nevertheless, people say, oh, it's only 24.95. I'll buy that. So, so true. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, there's a lot of uh, misdirection. 
Yeah, we get that a lot because many times people will be like, understandingly, they'll be like, oh, Vastal is too expensive. Can I get this instead? Like what you were talking about. They don't realize what they're trying to get instead is only like one month supply or in many cases, only half of that. Yeah. And they usually need to take it for three if, months. It's going to be more expensive in the long run. Yeah, I think the, the message that has to be made clear is you really want to give this three months to decide whether it's helping or not. Uh, yeah. And you need to take 4,000 per day. 2000 in the morning and 2000 in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on how severe the PCOS symptoms are too, you know, you, I've seen people take it for a whole year and they've seen great results because they took it for a whole year and not just the three months because their PCOS was more severe. They were changing their diet and lifestyle at the same time. And it just took more time and patience and you know, to get all those symptoms to reverse too. And getting used to taking it twice a day consistently takes time time too for some people. All right, doctor, that was all the questions that we had today. Thank you so much for joining us. This was very like informational. I think the sisters are going to love it and we couldn't ask for more. My pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it was my pleasure. All right. Take care you guys. You You too. too. Bye. Thank you, sisters, for joining us today. This was an episode with Dr. Mark Ratner. And if you're interested in purchasing Ovacetol, check out the link in the description where you can buy Ovacetol with our 15% off discount code. Thanks, sisters. Hope you enjoyed it. Take care. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Sisterhood.